Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our hola, amigos. I am Spud. Spud Goodman. <laughs> oh, Spud man. <laughs> and you are now listening to a show that aspires to be so much more than it really is. I mean, even washed-up cable TV talk show hosts like me, you know, who have managed to keep their fading careers alive by landing in the safe waters of radio, still have hopes and dreams. Yes, I'm aware of the odds against me, and I'm not delusional here, and I'll probably never again see my name listed in a TV Guide magazine or come across an occasional commercial for my show on late-night TV. Those days are probably never coming back. So as I speak, I'm, I'm just trying to make the best of my situation. Maybe I should just just get the show started before I get too emotional and say something sappy that could come back and haunt me on, right, say, Twitter or Facebook, because the haters got to hate, you know. Well, let me introduce the show's designated laugh for my Aunt Dorothy. Why don't you serve up a state-of-the-art laugh? Make it one of your best. Boy, boy, it's so early in the show. You can show do it. For, well, I, but it's so early in the you show for it. me to attempt such a demanding laugh. Okay, okay, give me a moment. All right. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Ooh, very oh. well done. Oof. Thank you. Oh, I'll need a bit of time to recover, so please cut me some slack. Oh, you got it. Now I'm required to acknowledge the show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb, as I'm currently experiencing uh, you know, a feeling of melancholy. I, I feel it washing over me. You, you can respond to my acknowledgement with no more than six words or less. I, I know that's much more generous than I normally offer, but I, I guess you can chalk it up to my erratic mood swings. Don't go thinking I'm going soft, though. Then that's important. Uh, oh, okay, six words? Yeah, wow. Or, okay. or less. Okay. Or less. <clears throat> uh, thank you, as I am... Um, oh, right, less. Okay, okay, let me see. How, okay, uh, no, how e- about Excuse I- me, but right, okay, well, um, let's see, is already at the limit. And well, um, part, could, could be judged as two or even three words, so consider yourself lucky. Fine. Oh, Gerald, you really should have counted your words more carefully before opening your mouth. Yes! Okay, well, I, I adamantly reject the opinion that um is more than one word. Doesn't matter. That's I'm the umpire, and I call balls and strikes. <laughs> so, um... So what? I thought an interesting topic to discuss on okay. this show. Excuse would, me, Spud. Spud I, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, but I, I really feel I need to bring up something that's been bothering me, you know, recently. Anyway. Bothering you? Well, yeah. And this, I think this is as good a time as any to discuss. 
Well, here's the thing. You won't return my calls or respond to my emails. I even sent you a message on Facebook last week, but no word back from you. I think the reason why is I've just been like so unhappy. You know, most of the time I have my Aunt Dorothy here answer my emails and social media messages. Oh, I did read your message, Gerald. Yeah? But I didn't feel it warranted uh, to pass it on to Spud. I just marked it as spam, I think, well, because... No, there, there was nothing spammy at all about it, Mrs. Jarvitz. I, I really feel... Here, here's what I'm concerned with. There is a concerted effort going on right now to marginalize me. Or, or quite possibly erase my presence entirely. It's very unnerving. Come on, y'all. Excuse me, were you saying something? Uh, well, yeah. uh, Gerald, I'm thinking you might be experiencing side effects from that ED medi medication that you've been taking recently. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. You might have accidentally sent Spud an email intended for your doctor. Oh, did I did I hit send to all on that one? Maybe. Oh geez, I I hate it when I accidentally send confidential correspondence, you know, to all of my contacts. There should be more protections with email programs, it, but it, no, I, I'm not experiencing any more side effects at this time. Okay. I, I was referring to my feelings that those around me at work are basically ignoring my presence here. Uh, like at our last staff meeting, I raised my hand many times. And no one would call on me. Well, why would anyone raise their hand at a staff meeting anyway? I had what, a a, what a waste of effort. I mean, wh why draw attention to yourself at those things? You could get stuck on some committee or worse, have to help out with a promotional effort. Well, Cause I will never, ever go to another grocery store and sit out front shaking hands and begging people to listen to this show. Oh, why management would ever send you to be around other people is beyond me, Spud. They either know you, don't know you, actually, after all these years, or they're trying to blow up the show. Yeah, you know, I can't put my finger on what's going on around here, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I will not be ignored. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. I'd like to say I feel your pain, but I don't. So, I mean, well, I'm going to be honest. Well, maybe I will at a later time. I don't know. But let me bring on our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later. Okay. Welcome back to the show, Juliet Tango. Thank you so much. When I wake up in the morning and the sun's shining down on me, I look to my dresser, what do I see? Ripley made me coffee and she cut a line out for me. Cocaine and coffee make me so happy. Cocaine and coffee, it's got a hold of me. Cocaine and coffee. Lord, let it be Cocaine and coffee You save a line for me Cocaine and coffee That make me so happy As the day goes I'm feeling run down I look for my mirror And want to be found I pour it out on a cell phone I cut it with my bank card
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hi, this is Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live. You're listening to Spud Goodman, the Spud Goodman Show. Did you ever think it would come to this? Uh, Spud, yeah. With your first guest, Tom Arnold, is waiting to speak with you. Now, I understand Tom has a new TV program about searching for President Trump's birth certificate. And I have to say, this is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's a horrible premise for a show. He's not searching for Trump's birth certificate. He's looking for videotapes of, of Trump doing and saying not-so-nice things over the years. Uh... I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Donald Trump is not a nice person. And well. he said and done some really inappropriate things. And then you wonder why some people don't like me, folks. <laughs> I know I wouldn't trust him to give my wife or, or daughter a ride home, you know, if I had one, especially if they even looked a little like Ivanka. Well, I would only go near Trump if I had my tiger claws. And, of course, a couple cans of mace and a whistle with me. All right. This is not funny, you guys. You know, besides being Kanye West's best friend in the world, he is the leader of the free world. Hashtag reelect Trump 2020. Uh, God forbid. Uh, just put him through, please. Yeah, right. Here he is. Welcome back to the show. One of our all-time favorite guests, actor, producer, comedian, and now investigative reporter, Tom Arnold. Hey, man. Hey, buddy, how are you? Yeah, so you have a new show that is uh, getting quite a bit of buzz, to say the least. It's on Viceland, titled The Hunt for the Trump Tapes with Tom Arnold, now airing Tuesday nights at 10.30, 9.30 Central. The network also launched a companion website, www.huntforthetrumptapes.com, and Mr. Twitter himself, Tom, also has a new handle, Live at Trump Tapes. I got it all in, but I'm a bit out of breath here. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's going very well, and uh, uh, yes, I'm very I'm very uh, proud of it. Happy working with some great people, and um, yeah, check it out. I want people to check it out. All right. Well, so you've been focused on obtaining these tapes of Donald Trump saying not-so-nice things during his time on the reality show The Apprentice for quite a while, in addition, of, of course, with the, the P-tape. But I don't want to spoil the finale of season one, but how's the search going? Well, it's going very well. Each week we, 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 uh, we explore uh, a different tape. You know, and, uh, during the election... I talked about seeing a, a specific tape uh, uh, of outtakes from The Apprentice after the Access Hollywood tape came, became public. And, and then other people called and said, have you heard about the Bologna elevator tape where he roughed her up in an elevator? And have you heard about the PB tape and, and different tapes? And so I started to file for each one of these tapes. And then I tweeted about them and, and kept sharing with, uh, with journalists. And, uh, and, uh, and then the, uh, the advice led came and said, uh, a few months ago, say, hey, would you like to do a TV show? And uh, 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 how many episodes do you think you could do? And I said, well, I have eight files, I guess eight, eight episodes, one for each tape. And I want to comprehensively, you know, show the actual hunt for each of these, uh, you know, and, and searching for these and, and work with the, these real journalists who really done the work. And, and I think during the hunt of each of these things, you see where the, the genesis and along the way, you know, what also with Donald Trump is, no matter what you say, uh, there is a possibility there is a tape. And even he knows it. You, you can say anything in the world, and he, in his mind, he go, I could have done that. So, 
you know, along the way, you 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 learn a, a lot of, uh, of what's going on in this country with each tape, where each thing is heard. What's going on in the country at the time? You know, there's international stuff. It, it, it sent somebody to Russia to interview hookers, and yep. and uh, people are risking a lot. And you know, I'm silly, and it can be funny and absurd, but it, I'm genuine, and, and you know, I mean this. And there there's real world consequences because. The guy in the White House is somebody I've known 30 years, and he, you know, America, America was sold the bill of goods, if you believe he's the guy in The Apprentice, because that was a very edited version of right, this guy. Right, right. And so they had to edit out the lies and the racism and the sexual harassment, and I just want to show the one day of, a full day of the real guy. Yeah. A lot of guys are covering for him because they, they wanted tax breaks, so well, they got him. They wanted three Supreme Court nominations, they got him. You know, they want environmental standards uh, lowered. They got them. And before this, we go, you know, get into a war or give up our whole country or, you know, the environment. Like, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old kid, a five-and-a-half-year-old kid, and they are literally destroying the environment. And all their policies are cruel. Well, and so I'm going to do something. Well, I've seen, I've watched, I've seen the shows that are up, and i got to say I dig it. But, you know, like on the on the debut episode, you mentioned, you know, Trump's first TV appearance on Rona Barrett's show back in the early 80s when she asked him if he wanted to be president. I got to say, I interviewed him on my TV show in 98 and asked him if he wanted to be president or king someday. And he sandbagged me and mumbled a no comment. It was a joke back then, but it's not really that funny these days when I take a look at that old segment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It isn't that funny. Uh, and uh, not to me. And, uh, and so... You know, I just gotta get to do it till he resides. Well, and, uh, and he's gonna reside after, right after, probably November sixth. Well, we just have to make sure everybody votes. Everybody, everybody has to do everything we can. I'm gonna do my thing. Well, and, you are uh, doing your thing. You, know, you are. Yeah, you know how weird is it that I? I mean, it says a lot about how incompetent he is. If I know everybody in his administration and his life and his lawyer and his, you know, uh, you know, his family and. The fact that I'm so close to so many people in this presidency says a lot about how crappy this presidency is. So the fact that I have, that I am able to <laughs> take down this presidency. By the way, he started his presidency on a, a bald-faced lie that Barack Obama wasn't born here, on a conspiracy. That's how he started it. So I know. he deserves to go down this way, too. I Googled that. That's not true. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. You know, if you're successful and the tapes are finally aired for the public to hear, do you think that Team Trump will go with the locker room defense thing or maybe come up with something fresh like, you know, maybe well, actually if you, Trump? If you, watch, if you watch, you know, every week we air some more tape stuff. So, I know, I know. And we, have, we, have, we have human beings. We have women coming forward and saying this, that uh, putting their name on it. So, of course, it's all women because uh, men have no balls, part of my language. Um, uh, uh, Spud? Yes. Well, if I may, per our executive producer's edict, I'm allowed to interject if I should feel the need to do so, and I do right here. My goodness, I can't believe Tom just used the F word on our show. Has he no decency? Uh, uh, Tom, just a sec. Yeah. The soundboard caught it, and it got bleeped. Don't have a cow. Hey, hey, sometimes in life there's no better feeling than tossing in the F word. When the moment's right, it's 
can be quite satisfying. Yep, but on a radio show, I strongly disagree. And can I say that this search of Tom's looking for some alleged unflattering tapes of our commander-in-chief seems, well, I mean, that's just beyond inappropriate. I feel well, look, this is a be- free country. The last time I looked, we're allowed to challenge our leaders, especially when they lie. Like, like Tom said, Trump began his campaign on a tall tale about Obama's birth certificate. Yeah, well, Spud, you will have to acknowledge, though it was never proved he was actually born here in the USA. Really? Just zip it and let me finish this. Okay, I have returned. Uh... Yes. Let me hit you with this one. I got to ask you this now, and you're an expert on this thing because you've done a lot of research. You know, on past shows we've discussed the topic of lying, really the art form of it. Can you think of anyone in show business, politics, or any field that can touch the track record of Donald Trump? He is the goat, the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Well, you know, he's it, it's part it's he, but he. You got to give him some know, he's credit. Pa- he's good he's at pathological. it. Pathological. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's pathological people. But he, it's, it's, but he genuinely does it. I mean, I've listened to tapes of him inside Trump Tower that people have gotten to us, you know, that have, and it's just always, if he's in a business meeting inside Trump Tower with his lawyers, he's always, there's not like a time he turns it off. So uh, he doesn't realize that. And, and what it does is these people that are his friends, he makes them feel good because they think, oh, he's being genuine with me. No, he's, there's something wrong with him. There, you know, and I'm sure that there's a million agents and people. That's what makes Hollywood go around because they feel get lied to your face. And you want to be lied to your face. It makes you feel good. And the last thing they say to you is a lie. That's why he did, Trump does good at Mar-a-Lago with the, with the civilians. When they come there for a wedding, he looks right in your eyes and says something wonderful. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. But he's a pathologist. There's no there there. And so... Uh, and sir, by the way, Donald Trump was always very nice to me. So it's not like he was crappy to me. And now I'm taking. It's like no, no. It's like I care about my country more than I do. Uh, you know. All right. No, I, I don't you. know. There's a million liars in Hollywood. There's. They, that's why they're, they're like. Well, uh, I lie. He lies. So by the grace of God, there go I. So I can't really do anything about it. I cheat on my wife. He cheats on everybody. I raw dog porn stars. He raw dog porn But he's the president. He's making policy, immigration policy that's cruel. That's the difference. Yes, that he is has the all difference. the power. Yes. He's sucking up to Putin and dictators who are homophobic, who, who actually murder gay people and journalists who are cruel, who don't like uh, non-white non people. That's the difference. Well stated. Well, last question, and and you'll note that this has been a conversation free of any mention of Roseanne. Tom, you stated that we might want to be a bit more selective the next time we vote for a president, that we should raise the bar a bit, you know, where people like yourself or or a reality show host do not find themselves sitting in the Situation Room deciding stuff. I just want to say for for a lot of people, we we second your recommendation. Well, I should never be a president for god's sake somebody like me that's a business all right you know. well I, I know you got to get out and find those tapes so i'm gonna let you go but uh, for, yeah. before i do i want to say this thank you for your service and latin and, and i want to remind everyone listening that they need to check out the hunt for the trump tapes airing tuesdays yeah. on viceland at 10 30 central visit the website and uh yeah as always it was really a pleasure to speak with you thank you spud There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission.
He had no money, he had no sense in his brain He was for good men, but that didn't get in his way He was a blind receiver on the wall of shame And all the people joined in, cause they liked how he swayed Cause he swayed like this Spud Goodman. 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 We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, Spud, you know, don't think that I've moved on from what we were talking about earlier. You know, maybe you have never experienced others minimizing your presence. <laughs> you know, you can laugh, but people are pretty much acting like I'm not even there. Au contraire. I have been ignored by females since, you know, when my looks hit the wall and I stopped being even kind of cute. It was around, I don't know, maybe the seventh grade. Oh. After that, it's been all downhill. You know, you hear, you know, women say a guy doesn't have to be good looking for them to be interested in, but... Unless you're like a multi-billionaire, you know, it's a fib, for sure. And, and millionaires, you know, at this point are so not as cool. That's hashtag sad. Hmm. But anyway, I mean, what are they going to say, really, though? I mean, we don't like unattractive men who are not multi-billionaires. Courtney, Chloe. That's kind of harsh and way too blunt. Yes, I must admit. Being intimate with a man who's pleasing to the eyes is preferable for sure, and I'm really not ashamed to publicly say that. That's why I choose to spend my time with my sweetie Chance. I mean, what woman wouldn't want to be with this hottie? Um, hey Chance, wipe that stupid smile off your face. And Dorothy, please restrict your carnal desires with our intern Chance to when we're off the air. Oh, our brother. listeners should not be subjected to that kind of stuff. It smells really good. Spud, your aunt and I are not ashamed of our sexuality. It's a big part of life. Just because you're shunned by women, don't resent others who have fully satisfying love lives. Indeed. Uh, you can't be that happy. It's not normal. How, how long you guys been together? I mean, it's been at least six months. The, th the thrill must be gone by now. Be honest. I find Dorothy more desirable each day. She is a gift, and I am very grateful. Uh, why, thank you, honey. And you know how I feel about you. All right, all right, uh, let's just let's end oh, this hardcore okay, Harlequin romance okay. now for the intestinal health of anyone hearing this And it only makes common sense. Okay, well, listen, just be aware, Spud, that everyone who works on the show is now on notice that I am here and I will not go away, you will recognize me. I was wondering, does this inferior, inferiority complex uh, that you have also pop up at home? Uh, do your kids you know, still call you dad or at least remember your first name? Oh, oh I am still a, the focal point in our home. <laughs> I, I, really? Listen, I don't want to brag here, but I would say that I'm kind of a rock star there. Everyone seeks out my guidance and wisdom. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Even your teenage daughter, Kelsey, you know, when she was on, you know, our Take Your Daughter to Work show here, yeah. uh, she seemed to be going through that stage where she was totally embarrassed by you. Kelsey? Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. She, she totally values my input, and I would say her friends really seem to connect with me, too. I overheard one of her close friends say to Kelsey, your dad is a real dilf. Now, I think DILF is one of those uh, teen words that means really cool. I don't think so. 
Yeah, I'm going to let that one go with no further comments. Okay, okay. There are a lot worse things kids could call you, I guess. Listen, the point is I'm shown a great deal of respect elsewhere, and this master plan here to pretend I'm not a living, breathing person is not going to succeed. Well, actually, if we really wanted to pretend you were no longer alive, I'm pretty sure we could put you in the rear view mirror easily. Well, so just mellow out and go check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Oh, uh, yeah. And I actually, I'm being told that your next guest, Amanda Fuller, is good to go. Uh, now, I sure know who she is as her show, Last Man Standing, is one of our favorites in the Holcomb household. You know, finally, a show that portrays a conservative all-American family. Yeah, I guess Fox picked it up after ABC canceled it. It it had decent ratings, so I, I don't know what happened. But anyway, Amanda has another show that I watch, Orange is the New Black. She plays a tough inmate, a a don't-mess-with-me character. Oh, oh, I love Orange is the New Black. It's funny, and it's quite moving at times, too. Haven't we had other actors from that Orange show on before? The answer is... I I seem to remember... Yeah, if you were paying attention instead of dozing off when I'm doing my damn interviews, it would be easier to remember who's been on the show. Yeah. Just tell them to put Amanda through if you aren't too busy. I just motioned to the board. Here she is. Welcome to the show, actress Amanda Fuller. We appreciate you coming on our program. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So you I have love Seattle. Seattle's one of my favorite cities in the world. All right. Um, so uh, you have two shows out now, Orange is the New Black streaming on Netflix and Last Man Standing on Fox airing each Friday night at 8, 7 central. Let's start with one of my favorite shows, Orange is the New Black, okay? Let's do it, yeah. Now, you play Madison or Badison Murphy on the show. Did you mm-hmm. do a lot of research on doing prison time, like uh, maybe one of those charity fundraisers where you pay to be locked up for 24 hours or so? <laughs> Um, I didn't. I wish. I actually, we, I booked the role on a Friday and started shooting on the next Monday, so I didn't have any time to do anything, any competitions, anything like that. But, um, you know, I did a lot of research. These days we have online, and there's so much stuff you can find on the Internet. My dad's actually worked in prisons before and stuff, um, oh. security and whatnot, so I was able to talk to him, and, you know, I did the best I could, but um, I wish I had had time to do more, because I, I love, that's the part of it I love, you know, getting to know real people and all that. So, well, you can do so nice. many things online, like you said, You maybe even, yeah, maybe even fake prison time, I mean, you can do college, on every, yeah, it's just amazing, that, that darn internet, so. It's possible. Uh, yeah. Anything's possible these days. So your character likes to beat up people. Do, do you have any prior ex- life experiences that gave you some insight on how to intimidate others? No, I'm actually kind of the opposite uh, person. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of confrontation to a fault, um, and I'm very insecure and kind of a loner. And so um, Badison is the virtual opposite of me, which I always say that I think that she kind of helped me break out of my shell a little bit because, you know, she's so loud and obnoxious and she's such a, a bully and a clown that I had to commit to, to being like that. So it made me, you know, I had no, no, nowhere to hide with her. So um, say what you will about her. Uh, and I wouldn't disagree, but, but she was good for me to play. She was really, really fun. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not, I do have three older brothers though. And so I had to defend myself a lot growing up. 
Oh, okay. But I was never I was never the instigator of the fighting. I was always just defending myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, we have some similarities there because I have a lot of experience getting pounded on. But yeah, so far, yeah. it's not. It hasn't been anything I've been able to use professionally. But I guess, yeah, I guess maybe you know you were able to use your uh, experiences growing yeah, up. Yeah, it's maybe kind of cathartic to be Madison and be able to, <laughs> to be the one in charge for once, or at least she thinks she is. I don't know if she actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we've had a couple cast members from Orange is the New Black on the show in the past, and I was surprised mm-hmm. to learn that you guys get served really good craft services instead of mystery meat or a cup of rice. I, I thought they make everyone stay in character, even on lunch breaks. But guess not. Oh, no, come on, they gotta keep us ha- uh, prima donnas happy, or else you know, all all hell will break loose. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? True. I mean, they you know they treat us really well. I think they I think if they went that far, I, well, you know what? When we do cafeteria scenes, that definitely is. <laughs> those those are not glorified meals. Those are definitely uh, not the easiest ones to eat. So we get we get our share of that too. But, but mostly, I guess, uh, being, you know, I, I except for being overheated in those orange jumpsuits, uh, you know, all day, things aren't really that tough then. You're not doing hard time. No. I mean, it's interesting, though, because the, the, we, we film in real prisons and also a soundstage, and both of those environments are, um, it's interesting that when, once you're there, like, a whole day, you know, if you have, like, a long shooting day where you're there for, like, 12, 14 hours, by the end of the day, it starts to get to you a little bit because... It's so lifelike. It feels so real, and half the time we are in a real prison. And so, um, it's interesting because it really you start to really contemplate what it would be like, and and just you know feel extremely lucky that you're not in that circumstance. It's a little it's a little close to home sometimes, but, hmm. but for the most part, we get to go home in our comfy beds, and you know we're very lucky. Right. Well, I wanted to touch on that. The show presents a window into the U.S. prison system, including privatization, incarceration for profit, which uh, just is is just wrong, in my opinion. But I was curious, though, how many years can the women on the show be locked up? Taylor Schilling's character Piper's been in for like six years so far on a drug beef. I'm starting to feel they all need better attorneys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, clearly nobody's being represented very well. I think that's something that they touch upon on purpose. I mean, in this last in season six, um, you know, we see that Tasty has, she's being pinned for a murder she didn't commit, and, and they're using her legal representatives, like, like, to basically, as, you know, against her to, like, help put her away for life for something she didn't do. So, you know, that kind of thing is present in, in our country, and I think that they're trying to shine some light onto that. Yep. I've actually talked with some people at the Innocence Project and trying to do some work with them to get, you know, wrongly accused uh, and convicted people out of prison and stuff because I feel very strongly about that. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, even though the show's like, really it has lots of humor and, and it rides the line of drama and comedy, they try and shed light on some of those issues for sure, which I, I, I think Genji does a brilliant job of doing that. So yeah. Absolutely. Well, you also star in the Fox series Last Man Standing, so let's touch on that, uh, playing Tim Allen's yeah. daughter, Kristen Baxter. How, how difficult is the transition for you? Do, you? do you find yourself bringing some attitude with you from your time on the cell block <laughs> to life in suburbia on the Fox show? No, it, it, no, not at all. It's so much fun for me to jump back and forth, and, and the mediums of the shows are so different because, you know, Last Man is a multi-cam, old-fashioned sitcom, and um, it, we do it in front of a live audience every Tuesday night, and so it's just like a totally different experience and tone, and and I, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And, and Kristen is like, 
you know, she's not me. We're not the same, but she's more of an extension of who I am. And so I can, when I'm when I'm Kristen, it doesn't. I don't really have to do anything, you know, but show up and and play the scene and play the episode. So it it feels like second nature. So I uh, I love it. I feel like it's a huge gift to be able to do both at the same time. Does yeah. does life imitate art off camera on Last Man Standing on, on the show? Your character is a liberal to Tim Allen's conservative Mike Baxter. Do, do you guys ever engage in political discussions, or do you keep it light? Sure, we do. I mean, it's hard not to engage with anything with or you know with everything with Tim because you know he's we're always talking and everything, and that stuff comes up. And for me, it's just it's interesting because the family dynamic on Last Man reflects the family dynamic in my life um, with my family, and so. It's nice to be in an environment where we can have political conversations and there's no judgment and there's, you know, there, we, everyone speaks with respect and love. And it's a way to learn, you know, and open yourself up to the other side and the other views. Um, it's not, we don't always agree, but we respect each other. And I think that's what we try and put in the show, too. So, um, and for me, it's just fascinating to, I think, I think in order for, our country to come together we have to start listening to each other and talking instead of just being against each other and and i feel like we do that on the show and i hope that we can you know encourage more people to do that in their personal lives too because if you don't hear what the other side is saying then there's no way we'll ever you know be able to even have the conversation uh, uh, spud yes well, i hope you really listened to what Amanda just said, as I quite often feel you don't listen to me when I'm attempting to counterbalance your dislike of our commander-in-chief, Donald Trump. Uh, hey, I need a moment here. Um, you know, I don't think Amanda's saying people have to like Trump. She's just saying people need to communicate, you know, regardless of the fact that he's a horrible person, a soulless, empty vessel. No. And oh yeah, he tells like a load of tall tales. You and I communicate. I just don't agree with most everything you or he says. Me either, Gerald. No wonder most people seem to ignore you. You say really wacky things. And you wear that goofy Make America Great Again hat. It kind of impacts your credibility. You know what? I don't think what both of you have said is a shining example of bipartisanship. I often feel so alone on this show. Well, that's what happens when you leave the bubble, man. Reality hits. Now, let me get back to Amanda, if you don't mind. I have returned. Thank you. Um, all right, well then, let me say this again. Orange is a New Black is available mm -hmm. for streaming right now on, on Netflix and Season 7. Uh, I, I, it is Season 7. Or, no, I'm sorry, Last Man Standing season is Season 7. We're, it, just, we're it, working on Season 7 right now. Please yeah. Be it, continued. Yeah, it airs each Friday night on Fox at 8, 7 Central. So, hey, we really want to thank you so much for calling into our show. Thank you. It was nice talking to you. There you have it, Ms. Amanda Fuller. <laughs> Spud Goodness to Anulo. Spud Goodness to Anulo. Anulo. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Welcome back to the show, Juliet Tango. Identify yourselves for our listeners. I'm Joe Ty. I'm Ripley Ty. Super. Uh, so thanks for coming back on the show. Uh, but please, Joe... 
don't set your guitar on fire this time. We got a letter from a fire marshal after the, you know, that, that, you know, the time you guys were on and it happened. So I, I, they frown on fire in radio studios. I thought we had already paid off the Tacoma fire marshal. Nope. So just, yeah, just be cool. So, hey, you guys tour constantly. So do you have any recent horror stories that might be interesting? And you're going to have to keep it at PG-13 because there's an FCC thingy. Multiple. Well, the last heat's heat wave we had we had the van explode on us oh uh we forgot a mic cord at one of the places that we're at so we had to travel back after we packed everything into the show we're heading back van starts overheating but we had the show must go on so we drove right. it till it exploded hitchhiked for two miles got back carrying got, our guitar and <laughs> our gear carrying our guitar and gear just the the essentials because we already dropped off the drums and yeah, the, like the big speaker but I didn't want to leave my guitar behind because, you know, people might swipe it. Right. And we kept driving, watched it overheat. And I was like, we got to keep going. It ended up blowing up. Hitchhike, got the cord, finally got the cord, headed back. And, uh, well, yeah, there you go. Super. That's All right. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good story. Huh? All right. Well, you know, on the show, my co-host here is complaining about being ignored or marginalized. Can, can I, you that's how I feel. Can you explain to him that some of us in life have to accept a supporting role? Not everyone can be in the spotlight, like, like in music. Someone has to open and someone has to headline, right? Think about this. James Brown wouldn't be who he is without his band. You, you know what? I think you make a good point, and you're supporting what I'm saying, that I am important. Actually, um, I don't know if that's the greatest analogy, but uh, yeah. I'm just going to let it go for now. Right. <laughs> um, does the band have an official position on human cloning? Is it an ethical affront to humanity or a pretty nifty idea to hang around for eternity? What do you think? Well, if my clone didn't try to kill me, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to have an extra spare clone in case I got knocked off and like, you know, hit and run or something like that. Yeah. Just wake up in my new body or if I need a body part, take it. But it, you, what if you clone yourself and yourself wants to take your position? Like, you know, I, I'm not going to share my wife with my clone. I'm pretty selfish that way, so. And I have a healthy skepticism of clones. I, for one, and one of my hobbies is arming myself for the, you know, obvious impending clone wars that will be upon us in the future. Well, now you're frightening me. I'm going to move <laughs> on. Uh, I never thought of that. Um, well, as veteran musicians, what advice would you give to aspiring, you know, just musicians that are just starting out, the youngsters? Dear God, stay home. Stay Don't home. do it. Don't do it. No, um. <laughs> What, anytime somebody tells you to do something when you're at like a show or anything, do it. They've been doing it way longer than you. So listen to them. They say, turn down your amp, turn down your amp. They say, you know, play like this, play like that. I mean, yeah, they're, they're not changing advice, the way you're... Learn. Yeah, dude, learn. Listen to what pe the older people are telling you. Listen more than you speak. All right. Okay, super. Well, what's the name of the next song? Well, <laughs> this, <laughs> this one's called Haunted House. But um, I, I always mess with my wife. I tell her one name and then I flip it up and I play another song. So... That's like that's our whole whole joke. But one more thing for those people, all the people that are out there doing it, diversify. Play multiple styles of music. Don't just play one style. Learn all the styles. It's better that way. All right. Thank you for that. <laughs>
guest Olive Stark is holding for you. Oliver Stark. Yeah, well, you know, this guy's supposed to be really in demand now. He, he has that Fox show, 911, that's killing it ratings-wise. He, he plays a firefighter, I think. Oh. oh, I'm quite familiar with Oliver Stark. He is probably the hottest young actor on TV right now, and I do mean hot. Oh, no. I really liked him on that show, Into the Badlands 2. He was such a badass. You know, I guess an actor's physical attractiveness is a plus for some, but for me, I look for other characteristics, like uh, are they members of that Hollywood swingers scene? Because if they are, I will not support their shows or movies. Shut up. Well, I'm betting there are more swingers in, in the suburbs of Iowa or Alabama than in Hollywood these days. Uh, you know, with social media, no one can afford to show up at an Eyes Wide Shut party anymore. Uh, just put Oliver through. Yeah, here he is. Welcome, actor Oliver Stark. Thanks a lot for, for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so 911, your program on Fox, airs Monday at 9, 8 Central. Uh, it's back for season two, right? Yeah, it's coming thick and fast now. Super. Well, you know, you've already had a full season of fighting fires and, you know, dealing with other bad stuff. I'm guessing you're prepared for whatever comes your way this season? I like to think so, but there's there's always something new and unexpected that these guys come up with. Um, as soon as kind of we think, oh, we've, kind of, we've kind of covered everything, um, what, what are they going to do next? There's always some random, obscure emergency that plucks out of somewhere and, uh, and it throws us off again, which is fun. You know, it's, it's, it's always exciting. Right. Well, the executive producers of, of 911, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, uh, are kind of the dream team right now in the TV world. They can do no wrong as far as putting shows together. Did you ever, you know, when they first when you first came in to do the first, you know, the first season, did you ever have any worries about whether the show would be a smash hit? It kind of almost seems wired to be. Uh, from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all felt like the ingredients were there, but until it airs, you never know. You know, something can come out and 
just doesn't resonate. Maybe the timing would be wrong. Things come and go all the time when really they should have stayed. So, so I was cautiously optimistic. Um, but I think the way that it took off and the way that people responded to it was at an even higher level than we had expected. Yeah, I mean, you guys are killing it in the ratings. Uh, well, your character, Buck, um, is a bit younger than the other cast members playing firefighters. Did they ever, like, haze you much in the first season, like, make you carry their stuff around and run errands for them? Not really. I do like to remind them that I'm a lot younger than them. Um, Ooh, that but, hurts, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they were pretty good on that sense. I, I, I've They've become, like, real friends, and, and no, not so much. Um, I mean, listen, every now and then there's a few digs. We're, we're living in a firehouse. The kind of firehouse mentality can't help but creep in. Yeah. But I like to think I hold my own. I huh? probably don't as well as I think I am. Um, but now there's a new guy as well, and in my head we were going to haze him. Then he came in and he was really likable, so it was too difficult. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, all right. I know. Just so damn nice. <laughs> yeah. Well... Previously, you were on a very cool show, Into the Badlands on AMC. Do, do you miss the, the fighting scenes you got to do on the show? I mean, firemen don't do a lot of, you know, messing with people with crossbows and funky weapons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that show was a lot of fun to work on. Um, and just that whole world that they created was so interesting. And, and you know, the, the clothing and everything was so unlike anything on TV. But, yeah, you know, and then on this job, I get to rappel down elevator shafts i'm gonna hang out of a helicopter sometime over the next couple of weeks mm. so so there's plenty of stuff on this job to fill the action void all right well you were born in the uk and trained as an actor there do you miss like the rainy days and nights there or have you adjusted well to life in hollywood where the show is shot i mean i mean they don't, they don't have in and outs in london right they do not have in and out they, you know what once in london they had an in and out pop-up huh. um, and I didn't get to go to it. And after I, I, I didn't really know what it was. And then someone told me afterwards, this was like the greatest burger. You missed it. Um, I don't miss the rainy days, but I do miss every now and then. I miss, you know, it's just like walking the streets that I grew up on. Um, but but weather-wise, California has the wind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I've read that before you became a leading man on TV, you, you, you led a pretty normal life with regular jobs like, you know, being a door-to-door salesman or a call center operator. I'm guessing, you know, though, they didn't offer craft services at those jobs, so you pretty much had to bring your own food for lunch. So you got to appreciate all the free food you get now, right, uh, in showbiz? At the end of the day, when people see me carrying a box home, and they're like, why can't it's free? Don't you realize? You can just take this stuff. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a slightly different world than what I was used to and, and in fact still very surreal to me um, I still regularly have to kind of pinch myself and, and, and I feel very lucky to have been able to make that transition and, and to at the moment be enjoying you know a, re- a really nice moment yeah hey hey Spud what well you know I too often have to pinch myself when I think about my position on this show as co-host. You know, growing up, I would have never dreamed of being in broadcasting. Hey, Oliver, just a sec. Well, you're not exactly in broadcasting. I am. You're a co-host, man. That's one step up from an intern. Wait, was that a cheap shot at my sweetie Chance? As an unpaid staff member, I think he deserves more respect. It's not easy finding interns who will work on this show, you know. All right, point taken. I really shouldn't give him until we have another intern ready to go. 
You know, you know Spud, you, you may minimize my position as co-host, but outside the studio, I am highly respected. Okay, fine. Is that all you have to say? I hope so. Well, and also, I have wildly exceeded my dreams being the lead salesperson on the floor the last three quarters in a row at my <laughs> other place of employment, <laughs> South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. Damn, another free plug. I should have seen that one coming. Now let me get back to Oliver. I'm back. Sorry about that. Well, you know, you've been tabbed by one publication as being high on the list of future leading men in Hollywood. That's a lot of pressure for a young actor. Are you are you like some athletes who try to ignore that kind of stuff, or do you openly embrace it? Um, to be honest with you, anything that comes my way like that, it doesn't really feel real to me. Um, and 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 I mean that in in the best way because it, and it, as as long as I stay like that I don't feel any pressure by it because I'm just coming one day at a time and like just trying to see it as a job and you know this, this year I'm lucky enough that they've put my face on the posters and even that doesn't really feel it's like I see it but I don't think about the fact that anybody else in the world sees it I, it, it just doesn't it hasn't sunk in properly that that is where I get to be right now so the pressure hasn't hit me because of that I think yeah, I don't want to increase that, but yeah, I've seen. Yeah, you mean yeah, you're everywhere. But anyway, all right. Well, last question, um, Oliver Stark. What has been the best decision you have ever made in your life to this point? Oh wow! Um, I think the best decision. So I the 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 way that I moved to America was I came here because of a girl that I had met on the internet, and yeah, uh, I you came too. to see her for three weeks, yeah. and I never went home. And really? then about a year later, having stayed here and been living with her is when I was able to book this job and, you know, move my life in a slightly different direction. So I guess opening up Instagram on that day and then following this random girl who lived in Los Angeles. Wow. That's a, that's a cool story. All right. Well, you got to probably take a meeting or something, so I'll let you go. But let me say again, your Fox series 911 is back for season two on Monday nights. Hey, thanks so much for calling into our show. No, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Thank Mis you. Yes, Mr. Oliver Stark. It's the Spud Goodman Happy Hours. My, how time flies. If you want to hear my opinion, it's pretty clear what's going on here. Yeah. I don't think he's interested in, you know, what some oversexed 21-year-old in heat has to say about anything. Uh, put some years of life experience under your belt and get back to him in, say, 15 years. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you are a, a bit green uh, to be dispersing yeah. advice, Chance, but I'm open to hearing what you have to say. Oh, you two are fooling yourselves if you think Chance is inexperienced. He is far from that. That's so hot. Um... What you were talking about earlier, Gerald, can I ask yeah. uh, uh, if a buttload of people on, say, Facebook have unfriended you lately? I'm just curious. Well, that, that's, that's kind of personal to reveal on the air. But yes, for some reason, there have been a considerable number of my online friends who have either unfriended me or, or even blocked me. So it is trending. It, well, okay. I, I just figured it was a software glitch or something with Facebook. Since President Obama became president. 
So we're talking a lot of people. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, it depends on how you define a lot. I, I haven't totaled them all up or anything, but I, yeah, it's been quite a few so far. Well, have you taken down all those photos of you wearing that dumb Make America Great Again hat? Talk about a magnet for rejection. Oh, no, no. I am very proud of my MAGA hat. But oh, uh, upon advice from family and uh, church friends, I have deleted any posts of me with the hat on. Good call, yo. Well, you know, you could have contracted like a loser virus and not even be aware of it. Like, like other humans may, you know, either through the sense of smell or possibly it's your aura uh, that gives off the vibe to keep away from you. You know, I bet Saddam Hussein was ostracized a bit right before shock and awe. I mean, th there had to be a faint loser vibe coming from him, and others picked it up for sure. And, oh. you know, then he had to go underground. Please. Don't, you might have to go underground. It's a possibility. I don't have to go under, and I don't appreciate you comparing me and my situation to Saddam Hussein. You it's could, a little dated, yeah, but... You could never grow a decent mustache like Saddam anyway. <laughs> oh, well, coming from you, I find that crack... You know, rather ironic chance and get back to us when you buy your first razor. Yes! He shaves. I've seen him do it. And I bought him some very nice aftershave, chaps, you know, for his birthday last month. Yeah, sometimes I shave twice a day. Personal grooming is a priority for me. You ought to try it, Spud, and get out the hedge trimmers for your ears. <laughs> hey, uh, wow. there's no need to get nasty, all right? I, I do have overactive glands that are growing hair in unfortunate locations right now. I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. Yeah, all I want to do is make clear here that I deserve to be recognized for who I am and what I bring to the table on this show. You never bring any snacks or drinks to the studio. There's nothing right now on the table in front of me. That's not so, so let the jury be instructed that that is an admissible finding of fact to counter your testimony. I don't understand. What Spud is trying to do to you, Gerald, is called ghosting. It's sort of trending right now. Ghosting? Most people do it to say an annoying co-worker who leaves the job and no one has any further contact with them. I don't think I've ever heard about anyone getting ghosted while they still worked at a place. That's tough to do and takes a lot of planning. Ghosting? Yeah, but but I'm, I'm still very much alive. Oh, don't get too bummed out, Gerald. At least someone is putting in the effort with this. Like Chance said, it takes a lot of work and, and also coordination to try to make someone, in essence, vanish when they're still in front of your face each day. They are not our friend. You know, maybe this is one of those deals where, you know, the people doing the ghosting are not even aware of it. I'm not saying for sure that that's the case here with me, as I reserve the right to later deny that I in any manner or form did or didn't attempt to ghost you. Too late, no. I mean, yeah, it's within the realm of possibility that maybe it was an inadvertent act, you know, something that my subconscious was doing. Because okay. I don't think a subconscious... You know, can be charged with any crime, right? Am I, am I, is, am I right on that? Maybe not, but it, it, it still makes you a dick for doing that to Gerald. Oh, dear. You know, if, if you did do this to me without being aware of it, then I will certainly forgive you, Spud. I, I guess it, it takes our better angels to set things straight. I, you know what? I appreciate you admitting to this and apologizing. It takes a big man to admit he was wrong. Um, I, I said some part of me, you know, might have tried to ghost you without the rest of me being aware. But for the time being, I'm going to stick with a firm denial here. No one is ghosting you, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, it's it's too late, Spud. I've already accepted you taking full responsibility for this mean act, and I'm now in the process of forgiveness. So you can't stop this from evolving. Sorry. Um, the words apologize or sorry never cross my lips. I accept. Y- you know my position on those words, okay? Uh, just let me close this damn show. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Juliet Tango. written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, engineered by Trevor Jastad, and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, associate producer T.J. Pites, video director Wyatt Young, production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison, original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon, on-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan, copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. (laughs) 